Hello, and welcome back to OP is OP, the podcast where we usually go through the One Piece manga front to back. One of us who did so and completed the manga for the first time, my co-host, the super rookie himself, aka The Rock, Jacob, and I, as you know, am Justin the Hammer. Yeah! So weird for you doing the intro <laughs> instead of me. Um, That's how we I started won't. way, way oh, back yeah. in the first episode. I used to do the intro. Yeah, but now that uh, I, as Justin just said, I've completely caught up. And as of right now, it's like, what, chapter 1036, 37, I think? Um, sure. As of right now. Um, and now it's like, now we got to figure out how to change up the structure, you know, how to how to get things going in a different way. But, you know, we're, we're sticking to one piece for sure. Um, for those wondering if we're going to talk about like current one piece right now, I would say we're wait, we're going to try to do a risk, but we're going to try and wait for act three to finish because you and I both think it could finish this year. Right. So that could be, I think this year. Yeah. So that's the hope anyway. But obviously if those listening in, it could go on for all we know, another five years. Air quotes. Definitely though. Yeah, because, and again, we're not going to go into a lot of details about Wano Act 3, and there's a lot of shit going on, but for the sake of our structure, where the plan is to have Act 3 wrap it up, then we'll have our usual, you know, discussion where we talk about Wano Act 3 with a very clever title and description, but then after that, then we'll think about probably going into like a, like a, wait, wait, like every month, we'll talk about the, the last four chapters of what's going on at that rate, or even weekly, who knows? Actually, yeah, right. probably weekly. Maybe weekly. Because we can because we, we can't debate. dissect. We'll see. I mean, if yeah. you guys want a weekly, let us know. If you want to listen to us discuss every chapter week to week going forward after Wano Act 3, then that's what we'll do. I wouldn't mind that. I'm just wondering if you guys, yeah, wouldn't mind us talking about like a half hour or even more about one chapter per week. Going, what does this mean? And then I'm just looking at this one speck on the panel, right? Going, what does this mean? You're like, dude, that's just the, that's just the, the, the scan. It's just a little ink. You don't know that. You don't know that. Um, however, I will give it, We'll give like a little sneak peek, right? Because there have been a couple of things going on in Wano that have been like so like exciting to talk about. Where it's just like, oh, we're going to talk about much more in the actual episode before we get into our actual topic for today, which is Oda's early work, right? And, but, and there's a couple things here within Monsters and Romance Dawn that are relevant. We feel to like late stage Wano, so oh, yeah, absolutely, yeah. So what I think the the thing that I got off right away was the confirmation of lunarians right that was pretty fairly recent with a uh, king right the officer for kaido being a huge. lunarian for yeah basically confirming it i don't know if it confirms it but the name implies that you know aliens exist because after all we've seen eneru right that's his name eneru from skypia having his pre-chapters on the fucking moon literally and there's a civilization there and everything um so we don't know if the lunarian is like from the moon as well, or if it's like the opposite of like what the sun people, because we've mentioned the sun god that's been teased as well, right? So the Lunarians could just be the reverse of that, where it's like, oh, they're the moon people. They worship the moon. So again, who knows? We're waiting for the uh, act to wrap up. We can dive deeper into that. Um, I think it's safe to say as well, Kaido is probably my favorite villain in One Piece right now. Um, he wow. has He has done a great introduction as a teaser with the... Uh, you know, the Kid Alliance, then even more so against Luffy in the first skirmish they had, and then even now, it's just this guy, when something is in his way, he acts, right? There's that panel where, um, I think it's Orochi, 
he goes, what, what the hell are you doing? This wasn't part of the plan. He just beheads him right there. Like no buildup, no talk back. Just like, like get the fuck out of my way. You're no, yeah, you're no longer, you're no longer part of the group. Get the fuck out. And I absolutely love that. And it's like no bullshit nonsense. Um, not to mention that like the current actions going on, it's like, it, it feels a little bit like dress Rosa where like things are getting a little ridiculous where it's like an island's flying right now to the current capital Wano. But it's also like, well, he has a mystical dragon as his devil fruit, and he's an emperor of the sea. It feels a bit more justified than a guy with string powers who is able to completely, like, slowly suffer and kill everyone with no right. faults at all. So I'm like, I, I'm actually buying this. Um, the mystery of Joy Boy being brought up again is on my mind as well, where I have to go back to... Uh, uh, Fishman Island to just you know refresh on that whole prophecy because in this arc this act three it's being brought up constantly so Oda is definitely being hey remember this hey remember this it's very relevant now um and also the uh the two characters basically the VVs of the new world Momonosuke and Kinemon just like VV have definitely brought been brought to the spotlight of like oh you kept were in the background but now you're actually very interesting characters and I hope for the best of them because they're showing up, especially uh, Momonosuke, where well, I mentioned that early on when we were when we first see Usopp, where I really do love characters who are definitely afraid and scared, and you can see the fear in their eyes, whether it's comedic or serious, but they show up when the moment occurs. And Momonosuke's whole arc is, you know, showing his bravery, and he's fucking going toe to toe with Kaido at some points. <laughs> so I'm just like fucking kids got it dude <laughs> even though he's crying the whole time he is not holding back not to mention Kimon as well rising up to be the actual samurai he is rather than like the comedic you know perv kind of guy it's like no he's actual samurai um there's also this one other character justin um i forgot their name it's like a bamato bam bam yamato is that it's that their name yeah. small small side character no one some yamato Oh, really? I thought they were just a side character that no one really cared about and no discussion at all, because, yeah. <laughs> I'm sure it'll be forgotten about in the long run. Oh, absolutely. Um, for reference, uh, unfortunately, this was one of the things I was spoiled on before I officially caught up, but only with how the character looks. And it was so fucking weird. It was through cultural osmosis, because I had all my Twitter, you know, all the all these key terms blocked, even when I saw, like, Yamato trending and I saw I said oh, I knew the name but so I blocked that name but then I saw someone make fan art on the Boku no Hero subreddit of all places they had fan art of Yamato and Deku <laughs> and I'm just like why <laughs> it was good what art a weird pairing just, yeah but it wasn't even like a pairing it's just more like you know Yamato like like kind of like a mentor I, I, I mean but I Deku mean not as a pairing <laughs> even just what a weird duo to have like as exactly coupling like what yeah exactly what? I'm just and I had to come clean adjusted going like dude I'm sorry to say, but I know what Yamato looks like. It's not a huge spoiler, but I just want to come it, clean. It, it did ruin the reveal, though, because you knew that Yamato was a girl. Yeah, yeah that's true, because in the actual Act 3, they were saying he's a guy, he's the son. And it's like, no, because Yamato's uh, personality is that, no, she so bad wants to be like Oden that she calls herself Oden and I'm a guy and I'm... Momonosuke, I'm your dad. It's like, okay, it's a little weird, but at the same time, it's like, no, that's her yeah. passion. That's her passion. If, while, we're, while we're talking about general. it, I think that since we're also implying that we do think Yamato's going to be around for a long time, for those of you who sarcasm in our voices. 
Oh, yeah. She's probably going to join the Straw Hats. I do think that before that happens, we kind of need to deal with this identity crisis that's going on. A little Cause, bit. Because I don't bit. really want fake Odin on the crew. I want Yamato on the crew. Yeah, so that's how, definitely the weird thing that's playing out where she's had the journal right of Odin for so long that she wants so bad to be Odin. So I I think and at the end of Act 3, if it ends in a good way, which I actually don't think it might, it might be like a bittersweet, if not negative way, because the Navy is showing up. They're sailing in full force. They're trying to get Robin as well again. Um, Fucking Luchi, dude. Um that yeah yamato will declare that no like uh, like the spirit of odin is now satisfied because wano is now liberated right now i can just be free and be myself kind of thing that's what I, something like that like and, an, like um, an inherited will tie-in yeah that's what i'm hoping for anyway um oh, there are also, some theories and the about the fire festival itself is is celebrating something about dead spirits right like returning or something mm-hmm. to that effect so that could definitely be a thing Oh, also because they haven't showed it yet, but because Momonosuke got like the the age enhancement from uh the the ninja, I forgot her name, um Shinobu. So that could be a, a like a like identity crisis for Yamato, where she goes, "Wait, but I'm Odin," and she's just Momonosuke who looks like Odin. Oh, <laughs> uh, it could be a funny little moment, yeah. Yeah, that for all we know, Odin will use that as like a comedic way to snap her to make her herself, but. I wanted to bring up that as well before we jump into uh, our key topic of the episode is because I've heard that apparently there's a really hot debate amongst the One Piece fandom that who would be the next Straw Hat because, you know, Jimbei is officially back. God, I hope so. Um, that he's here. And they're saying, oh, but clearly there's going to be another one, right? And I feel it too. And I thought, oh, it's Yamato, clearly. But then I was hearing Justin tell me of all these other theories of what some of the fans have been saying. And I'm just going, what are you guys smoking? And can I get some? Because <laughs> <laughs> I'm hearing some people think Carrot above Yamato, uh, Otama before Yamato, um, Momonosuke, Kinemon, And I'm thinking... Okay, a few of those, maybe, right? Because you're talking about like, different scenarios of how there are even be. people that would say all of those characters are more likely to join than Yamato. Yeah, so in that case, I would say, well, that's too much too quickly. Um, but at the same time, it's like, well, I still got Yamato on the crew, so I'm good with that. But the fact that some people think Carrot and not Yamato, that's where I go, like, okay, wait, wait. Yeah, wait. I think I think like <laughs> maybe both. Definitely, I'm feeling I'm feeling Yamato. I think that's happening. Yeah, which I, I have already told Jacob. I do. There's a meta level to it, which is kind of making it seem almost inevitable. For those of you that know, like the way they announced Yamato's voice actress was such a big deal. Just kind yeah, of makes that it seem like wall. she's going to be sticking around for a while. Mm-hmm. So I, what I predict is just Yamato for the core crew, and then uh, the people of Wano. Right, they will be a part of the alliance in their own way. Same with the minks, including Carrot. So, and they'll be a part of the fleet, right? The Alliance. But the actual crew, it's going to be Yamato. I don't think there's going to be anyone else. But there is a possibility that, like, you know, we've, like we mentioned already, the Navy is showing up to Wano, and they're showing up in full force. Maybe there's that bittersweet ending where Wano does fall, but to the Navy, not to Kaido, because Kaido and Big Mom are, you know, beaten up by the Straw Hats. That could be an ending. And then Kinemon and Momonosuke go with the Straw Hats to extend their VV-like stay on the ship. That's what I foresee as another possibility, but regardless, no matter what, 
Yamato is going to be a straw hat 100%. If that doesn't happen, I'm going to be fucking tossing it, tossing it desk. And I'm just like, what the fuck, Oda? <sighs> I'm just, what I'm just saying is I like Yamato. I think she's great. <laughs> I think it was, uh, I don't know if I mentioned it on air, but I think I was asking for like, you know, what would be really balance out the crew of the straw hats. If they had someone who was kind of like Toph from Avatar, who was like, no nonsense, really strong, bulky character. And I'm just like, and then you were just like, Ruffle. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I don't remember if that was on air or not, but I do remember you I doing that. I don't think that. it was, actually, but clearly right, so Yamato I, was the character I was thinking Yeah, about. I'm just like, you motherfucker. <laughs> so even though I was slightly spoiled of Yamato's appearance and the quote-unquote, like, it wasn't that big of a surprise, because I was reading, you know, rapidly. I wasn't reading week by week. But, um that did happen i'm just like oh i could definitely see why people are loving this character because like you mentioned she's like white beard where how quickly she establishes her like her likeliness where she's like no i'm this big passionate character literally big and passionate character and i'm gonna do everything i can to be relevant and even through the backstories where she's like oh i'm connected to uh ace as well like just like tama right but i actually ha- fought ace in the past oh, I fought Kaido in the past, and that's my bridge with Kaido and Odin. I got the journal and everything. It's like, oh, she's... Every way, she's relevant in every way. So the way that Oda's presenting this character, it's like, oh, she's definitely going to be an important character. She's not going to be just for Wano, and that's it. Like, hell no. She's going to be with the crew. She the even... info dump at the end of this arc is going to be insane. Absolutely. <laughs> and we've gotten info dumps already. Throughout the, the way arc, it's still coming, yeah. Queen can't like shut his mouth up. Nope, <sighs> nope. But yeah, so I know I said we're not gonna focus too much on that, but eh, fifteen minutes—that wasn't too bad. But basically, once Act Three concludes, we will dedicate at least a couple episodes, right? At least two to Act Three because it is a big boy with yeah, lots of yeah, stuff yeah, to I talk so. about. Um, at least two. I pretty sure two. Um. All right, so that's enough about Wano Act 3. I know you guys probably want us to go deeper into other stuff that's happened, but again, we're waiting for the act to finish. At least right now, it'll we're be, waiting it'll for it to finish. It'll be soon enough. It'll be soon yeah. enough. But for now, let's go back in time before Chapter 1 of One Piece. Let's go way before that to the beginning, the origins of Oda, right? I always talk about, we always talk about how great this author is, but we gotta start somewhere. And in this case, he's had a lot of multiple early works, but in this case, we're focusing on two in particular, because one is definitely relevant to Wano, where it's the canonized backstory of the swordsman Ryumo, right? That's how you say his name? And his backstory through this one shot called Monsters. And I thought that was a really clever, fun way of connecting your old work that, you know, it's, it's, a, it's a fun little thing. It doesn't like ruin the canon in any way. So it's like, yeah, fuck it. This is this is the totally believable that this is within the One Piece world. Yeah, it does. Um, except for a few things. Um, but again, these are like nitpicky things, and this is why I, I was excited to talk about these early works because although these are one shots, you could definitely see some of the early creativity of Oda, but also where he was lacking. Right, this is before One Piece, so you gotta, um, you know, you're not gonna be the best at everything right away. The, the thing I noticed immediately was how bland and boring the location seemed. Like, I don't even know the name of the town. I'll be, I honestly looked up, I looked past it if they was mentioned. But it looks like, honestly, like, just like a typical Wild West town with I was going to say exactly the same thing. It kind of seems like it bled over from his 
I think his previous one shot, which was a Western. And so this mm-hmm. kind of the architecture that he was going with, he's kind of that was just on his mind, I would say, as the most recent he'd been working on. So it just bled over into this as well, it seems like. Yeah, because there's that wide shot of like a uh, Ryuma walking through the streets and it's just like there are no obvious signs, like not even like any buildings that look unique in any way. It's like, no, this looks like a very bland Wild West town. I'm just like, thank God this part changed because Oda fucking knocks it out of the park when he does in One Piece. But in this one, it's like, this is worse than anything in, like, East Blue One Piece. <laughs> like, at least Windmill Village had a windmill, <laughs> you know? I'm just saying, had something unique about it. But, um, yeah, so the locale was definitely not his a- strong game. But still, despite that, even though it's like a one-shot 40, 45 chapters, it was still pretty decent. Like, it's a very classic, like, tale of, like, a ronin samurai wandering around, um, confronts the villain... And then does the the cool single slash, right? The samurai does. He beheads the dragon with, I will say, even early on, Oda did those two panel action shots beautifully. He still did that very well. Um, probably the action wasn't there, right? But the panel was still very clear of what happened. But now he's very good at expressing the action so you can see that flow between the panels. In that one, you don't really see that flow per se, but you do see, like, oh, shit, he just sliced off the dragon's head. Like, it was still great. I noticed I noticed as well, actually, there's literally even less action in this than there is in, in like, One Piece, which we say is, like, pretty low on action, right? Mm-hmm. Or even Romance Dawn, the other versions that we're going to talk about. Because in this one, the two pieces of action that we see are Ryuma acting, like, a bit like a... I don't want to say Zoro, maybe young Zoro, where he's like, oh, we touched sword sheets, we have to fight. And then he quickly gets defeated by, um, what's his name, Shirano. But then the second time they have that confrontation where where a very dumb twist villain shit thing happens, and then he defeats him that quickly. Like, it's it's so quick, so short, but it's to the point, right? Where it's just like, well, that's the point of Ryuma, he's this powerful. So if this one shot were ever to expand, you can then have arcs later on where Ryuma is fighting stronger opponents, right? And have more fleshed out fights. So that didn't bother me as much, but definitely how the story is presented is definitely pre-One Piece. Because the I think Monster started off with them talking about like this mystical dragon horn, right? You blow this horn, it summons the dragon. And people, including our main uh our main not nami lead uh furia she survived the original dragon attack and that's how the swordsman named Toronto got the fame he got so but it built up all this mystery about this dragon horn and i thought okay so the story is about this dragon horn mainly right it ends up just being Same. like a very boring plot device where it's just oh because these bad guys they have a fake one so they do this fake thing where they set up Ryuma as, oh, you broke this dragon horn. Oh, you did such a cruel thing. And then the town immediately turns on him without any, like, prior setup that, oh, they just hate outsiders. Therefore, they're paranoid or something like that. Or they trust. Because it's not even Shirana that pulls that. It's this other character named DR, who literally has DR tattooed on his face. So, again, like, presentation-wise, Monsters is definitely lacking compared to Oda's early work. But... Oh, the, the thing that I think that definitely did annoy me was how Shirano, how he was played as like, because you know how people would talk about how like the, the mid 2010s, like Disney movies were very bad because they were trying to use like, dis, like twist villains so frequently. 
that it no longer became a twist villain because you knew they were going to have it. And then yeah. in this case, you have a very poor example where Sharano and DR are scheming the entire town where they go, oh, this dragon horn that ended up being fake. This dragon horn was blown by this outsider, Ryuma. We got to hide. And then they start stealing all this treasure. <laughs> and then he just goes, you know, then Ryuma and Furia find out. And then the he just goes, yes, I am the bad guy. I am evil. Like, he literally is a Waluigi, like, twirling his mustache. And he I'm just like... like Waluigi, too. He does! <laughs> and I'm just going, okay, that's a little too fast, too evil. But again, it's a one-shot, so maybe there's literally no room to expand on that. But the, way, the thing I got from this is Oda had a lot of ideas to expand on this story. But he tried to cram all the essentials into one chapter, but he couldn't because there's so many ideas he wanted to expand on, like the hit, the dragon horn, uh, Shirano being this hero turned villain, uh, Furia being this you know this the person who uh, survived the original attack and wanted to give thanks, but then she was betrayed. But all these things never had time to grow, never had time to settle in and breathe because things were going so rapid so fast. But so that at the end of the day, all you got really was. Okay, Ryuma is known as the king, and he's a badass swordsman. And that's basically at the end, because, again, everything was going so rapid so fast. But I wasn't sure if that was a... It might be a mixture, right, of Oda being early, right, inexperienced with like, writing out stories. Or if it was because of the structure, he literally couldn't do anything more, because he was limited to 42, 45 pages. I think I said chapters earlier, sorry. I meant pages. So... It was still enjoyable for what it was. Um, <laughs> Ryuma kind of looking like a early Zoro with a, his hair darker. Um, yeah, honestly, one... I think like in retrospect, how he kind of retconned it into a one piece random villain, quote unquote, like minor side characters backstory just makes it work. Like that's what it's best as, just let, you know, like just let it be Ryuma's backstory and it works perfectly. Yeah, exactly. So, like, does the fact that this serve as the backstory for Ryuma, like, yeah, I don't care. It's great. It, yeah, just, it, it's it some should. random adventure that Ryuma went on that's kind of basically introducing him to you, right? And that's fine. Yeah. It, like, uh, the fact that this story also didn't emphasize, like, oh, Shusui, right? It didn't emphasize that at all. What the heck? It's like, no, dude, it's fine. <laughs> the purpose, the point is about Ryuma. It's not about, um, Shh, the sword. Shh. Like, did not mention the sword? Shh. It's fine. Um, so for clarification, though, for this is actually me asking you, Justin. So the reason why, uh, Zoro, when he fights this figure in Thriller Bark, it's because it's the body, right? That's being possessed. It's that's how that power works, right? That shadow, shadow fruit. So Ryuma's old attitude is completely gone, right? At that point. Right? That's how it works. No, that was remember... definitely, that was definitely some Ryuma in there. Did he also have bit? Ryuma's okay. shadow? No, Kane uh, is dead. No, it, I think he reanimated the corpse with a shadow, but for some reason that still maintained some of his personality. There's a reason why Moria is probably considered low in the world of this, because even now we're just like, how does this power work again? Yeah, I, so, I think it's both. Maybe some of your personalities in your shadow, some of so, in your body. I think okay, there's yeah, examples of it happening both ways, actually, right? Like yeah, because I, yeah, I remember the uh, example was, oh, they grabbed Luffy's shadow, they put it into the giant, but the giant at the beginning was acting like Luffy or the ogre. I forget exactly what he was. Um, but Mori was saying after a couple of days, he will act like the, the body. He'll act like the ogre and not like, Luffy. Oh, okay. Yeah, that's but, right. That's right. That's correct. So that's why I was thinking. So the swordsman, the corpse that, uh, Zoro fought wasn't exactly Ryuma, but he had the skills, right? It's this weird 
it's the weird thing where like, oh, he has the strength and the skills of Ryuma and the corpse, but because it's been a while that the corpse has the behavior. So I guess you could say in Thriller Bark, we didn't quite get to see Ryuma, but we definitely saw his action, right? We saw his swordsmanship in place. So definitely strong enough to fight off against a pre-New World Zoro and have Shusui. Um, yeah, so other than that, other than feeling like a kind of a lower version of Trigon, Monsters was pretty decent. Um, but, you know, it's a, it's, a, it's a classic Ronin story, but that's it. I was more interested in, obviously, the ones that were definitely more direct influences on One Piece, which is right. Romance, Romance Dawn, Dawn, versions 1 and 2. Um, I had a little freak out a couple days ago for those wondering at home because <laughs> I read version 2 without realizing there were multiple versions. But then I was checking on some notes, and I saw, wait, what the fuck? This isn't what I read. And it showed me there that was version one. <laughs> I'm just like, wait, how many versions are there? So we'll talk about both in this case and the differences. So version one, I think, had the closest to backstories being uh, exact how we were in One Piece. Because version one, we had the backstory of Luffy, right? He ate the, the devil fruit, even though Shanks' crew got it. You even see his old crew that still carried on, like the big guy with the chicken. Usopp's dad was there. Um, they didn't look exactly the same, but, you know, close enough. Like, you can tell, but it's, it's clearly them. Yeah, especially the, the chicken guy. Um, but the story was a bit more rushed, where instead of, like, this nice, drawn-out moment that humanized Shanks, Shanks instead was, like, this plot device that just, you know, explained everything to Luffy about how, what it means to be a, you know, a peace main. Because in this version of Romance Dawn, um, they have key terms for pirates. It's not just, you know, what pirate do you want to be? We actually have key terms. We have peace mains, which are what you said, those who keep the peace. They fight pirates. They act like privateers, right? Other pirates, but they fight other pirates. You have the Morganeers, or the Morgans, who act like pirates. They pillage, right? They steal. And then you have another term introduced, which is what Luffy called himself, which was a hammer. Uh, And that just basically is a double fruit user, because they can't swim. And I was thinking, why hammer? Wouldn't you want to say anchor? right? Because you sink like an anchor, and you also hit yeah, like an anchor. <laughs> I never really understood that either. Yeah, so it kind of works. Like, we used it for your nickname <laughs> for the intro, but it's also like, I can kind of see why it's not brought up again in the actual One Piece. Um, I actually like the fact as well that we don't call you know, we don't call Blackbeard a Morgan and Straw Hat Peace Mane because it implies that in this world that they are fine with a lot of pirates. Whereas I like the version we have now where it's like, no, the world government only tolerates the warlords because they're under their the payload, right? They pay their fee kind of thing. And you can yeah, do I, your thing in your territory. I think making that or removing that distinction like Morganeers and Peace Mains was one of the best decisions they could have made for like this final draft. I would say second best, but we'll get to that. But yeah, I definitely agree. This is a huge important thing for the world building because... The fact that there are key terms like this would also imply that the government in this version, these versions of Romance Dawn are fine with that. And it's like, no, what Oda went with instead was like this pure authoritarian world government. That's like, yeah, that's what I'm, no, I we, think getting rid yeah. of that distinction, I said, was what the best thing he could have done. Yeah. And I was just saying, I was expanding on that. Yeah, because exactly. It's just, yeah, I'm sorry. I'm repeating. <laughs> going back, yeah, I, I, I like it not being black and white. Like, oh, that's the evil pirate crew, not a yeah. good pirate crew. You know, it's like it makes it a yeah. little ridiculous. Mm-hmm. Um, I get what Oda was going for, but I'm just super glad he didn't stick with it. Um, both Romance Dawn versions also confirm that uh, Oda always wanted his uh, female lead, right? But 
both characters very similar and yet also very different from Nami that we get, especially like early on Nami, because we get uh, Anne from version two and then we get Shiruki in version one. Shiruki kind of acts like Zoro's childhood friend because she like was a swordsman. She's like, she always, she was wanting to defend her hometown. She's willing to fight the pirates, even though everyone else wants to just give them the treasure and move on. Whereas Anne, right away, she's just captured on the ship, but she um, was trying to rescue her best friend, a rock, a bird, like a panda bird named Balloon. But you see these characters are like two halves of the same character in Nami later on, where, you know, you get that fight in you that wants to protect what you cherish, right? Because both versions talk about their personal treasure. So that storyline definitely carried on over to the core One Piece. But the way that it's done in these versions are definitely not as effective. Because in version one, not, uh, Luffy is... I almost said Nami. Luffy is literally telling uh, Shiruki of like why he values a straw hat and how she goes, oh, I can relay. I see this town as my personal treasure. And that's it, right? It's not like this very complex character building where Nami is not open at all. She sees Luffy defend what he said about his straw hat being his treasure but we don't see that until she uh you know we get that character climax in arlong park and we see for a fact it's that town we she doesn't have to tell us that we see that so definitely not my preference in version one um also of course they're how they're designed exactly like nami as well um more so version two she almost has the exact same striped shirt short skirt look that we see Nami have an early One Piece. Um, but yeah, we see those characters like that. Uh, also, the villains. I'm not... <laughs> I kind of like them, but I also like... I'm also glad they weren't in the original series, because version one, it's a more boring version of Buggy. Because he's very expressive, he's very loudmouth and kind of funny, but he's not at all threatening whatsoever. Um, what was the guy's name? I think it was like uh, the Moon Crescent Pirate. Which could have oh Gyari. Um he could have been fun. But yeah, he was just a lame early villain. Like he he felt even more lame than Alvida, right? Because Alvida at least she was memorable. Mm -hmm. You you knew what she looked like. She had the giant club. Where Gyari, I'm just like, he had two guns and a sword. Like a pirate. <laughs> That's it. <laughs> and they even said, like, oh, he's known for his beard. I'm like, he has a mustache. What are you talking about? <laughs> um so presentation wise it was very lame. Um I like the name of the second villain for version two, Six-Sided Spiel. I'm like, okay, that's some creativity there, right? Because he had uh, six little ponytails on his head, I think. Um, yeah. I think he had, like, magic, too. Like, he had, like, actually some weird powers. It was almost like a magician. Like, he could fly on a broomstick, and I think he lit someone on fire. But yeah, actually. But he was so ugly, dude. Like, okay, you know how we say Steli has, like, the most punchable face in the world? That yeah, rich, sure obnoxious motherfucker. I think Spiel takes the cake in that argument now. Oh, dude. Pretty close, <laughs> honestly. Where I'm just looking at this dude's face, and I'm just like, dude, just get away from the camera. <laughs> get away. <laughs> oh, my God. Um, But at the same time, Spiel's like, well, I can actually kind of see Spiel in the new One Piece if he was like a, an officer, maybe, but not like a main pirate. Whereas Giari, I'm just like, he would not even be mentioned um, in the original One Piece. So definitely improved on his villain front. 
a long way. We go from Gyari to fucking Kaido. <laughs> Gotta start somewhere, man. Um, the oh, the biggest change that I want to say that I appreciate the most is the second most being that world changing bit with the key terms is Luffy's character in Romance Dawn version one, especially in version two. Luffy doesn't want to be a leader or a captain or a king of pirates. He just wants to be a peacemaker because he wants to fight. And that's lame. that that's is lame. incredibly lame. Um, you can make that character work, but we already had a, a very popular series do that. Dragon Ball Z, you know, that's with Goku. a little too Dragon Ball. I think, and I'm glad I'll say that Oda realized that. Yeah, exactly. Um, there was that moment where, yeah, where Luffy is just talking about how he wants to be a peace man and beat up pirates, and I'm just like. Where's the spark? <laughs> Where's the energy? Like Luffy, Luffy looks like Luffy, and he fights like Luffy. There's, you know, we we get our first um, big two panel punch in version two as well, where he knocks the fuck out of Spiel at the end of uh, version two. But I'm also going like, but I don't really want to root for Luffy that much because he just wants to fight and then travel. I'm like, okay, that's fine, but that that's not main character vibe, not really. You're not not everyone can be Toriyama, you know. Wait, is that the guy's name? The author of Dragon Ball, Toriyama? Yes, yes, Toriyama. Yeah, okay, okay. So that's why I'm just thinking, like, yeah, to me, the biggest change was making Luffy much more ambitious, much more um, daring. He wants to actually go see the world rather than when I realized that reading versions one and two, the original version of One Piece that Oda had in mind, or at least the version that he imagined Luffy was early on, he just wanted to be a dude traveling on a dingy, right? Just going from place to place fighting. And then eventually grow to want to be a king of pirates and have growth that way. But I think having the ambition very early on was a definite like hook to get people to like Luffy right away in the original series. And so that was a Agreed. fantastic change that would have made with Luffy. Um, I'm also very glad that we got Nami instead of uh, Shiruki or Anne. They, they both lacked a little bit. Again, it could be the format that, you know, one shot, you can't really expand on it. But the way that they, uh, Oda did Shiruki was she wanted to eventually maybe sail the seas too and catch up to Luffy. Maybe even, I don't know, have some chemistry. I don't know. The way she was looking at Luffy was like the pros right. of the fucking eyes. Who knows? But the Anne version was like, oh, thanks for rescuing me. I'm like, Vivi, I'm going to do my own thing now. Bye. Which is fine. So, again, I'm just glad we got Nami instead because much more in-depth than these two were. Again, though, one shot. Can't really do much to it. Um... Anything else you want to add? Because I feel like we kind of covered the three bits. Yeah, um, that's pretty much it. But I do want to ask you one other thing now. It's related to a current theory. Not really a oh, theory. Yes. More, well, some people will say it is, but speculation. Yeah. Do you oh, think yeah. that uh, Zoro is going to kill Kaido in the same way, like behead him? The same way that Ryuma beheaded this dragon and monsters? I, I honestly wish he would. Especially so do after... I. I w don't get me wrong, everyone. I fucking wish he would. But yeah. he's... I just can't see that happening. But that's a real big faction of the, the Zoro killing Kaido theory. Yeah. If it doesn't happen, I get it. Because, you know, Luffy has to be the one to beat the big bad. But if there was ever a time to beat anybody else, I would say Zoro in this case. Because he's mastering Enma. And we, he had the moment where... If my captain is going to be the king of pirates, I will be the king of hell. <laughs> I'll be like, all right, Angelord, tone it down a bit. <laughs> but then you get that awesome panel where he's like, you know, flying through the air to finish off king. And he has all the aura from the swords going out of him. I'm just like, you know what? That's really fucking cool. 
And I hope, I do hope, I don't think it'll happen, but I do hope he does deliver that killing blow to Kaido. Um, but the way they set it up is that Zoro might be the first to tap out because he got really hurt and they had to do a rapid recovery for him. So I hope, again, that Zoro, like with the loss of energy, does the final blow to Kaido. But regardless, at the end of this, I think we're going to get like an Alabasta finale where everyone's just going to collapse from exhaustion by the end of this because everyone is putting every fiber energy into them, taking down Kaido. And, and the thing is, too, Big Mom and her officers are still alive and well. Like, they're still kicking. Um, I think Piero Sparrow, right? That's the guy's name, the candy guy? He can make water into candy. I mean, I don't know if, if we're going to say Big Mom's, like, alive and well. She was kind of catching the schmicks from, uh, from Law and Kid last we saw her. That was true. I'm thinking the officers, mainly. Because usually how Oda does it, he right, the officers go down first before the big baddies. But... The officers for Big Mom are still, I think, very well done. I think Pierce Burrow is still standing. Um, we haven't yeah, seen where's, the... Where's Smoothie and the other kids? Are they still approaching? I don't know. Um, Pierce Burrow is there. But, yeah, actually, yeah, I didn't even think about it. Because they did show at some point in Act 3 the, the, the ship trying to sail into Wano still. But I thought they got there because you have a few officers. But maybe, maybe Piero just got there early because he could. And then maybe with the reinforcements will be Smoothie and the others. Um. Yeah, we'll have to wait and see. Cause yeah, I'm gonna. I definitely look forward to rereading Act Three when it's done. Oh, absolutely. Um. Yeah, I don't think uh anything more to add. I think I said what I said about Romance Dawn being admirable starting places, but I'm super fucking happy we got uh One Piece instead because <laughs> like the versions that we got were like very like collected and fine, but they didn't exactly have that One Piece spark that we see later on. Um, oh, that's right. Version 2, he changed the backstory of Luffy, where he got the straw hat from Garp, and Garp was a pirate, openly and proud, rather than, you know, from Shanks, that yeah. we get from the original version. Um, which, you know, also confirmed, I think you did tell me this already, it confirmed that, yeah, Garp has been on Oda's mind very early on, but the version that we did get where he's a Navy hero instead, I'm just like, that adds a lot more, uh, that adds a lot more attention, right? Because Garp's always like, you motherfuckers should have been Navy officers. What the fuck are you doing being pirates? But at the same time, it's just like, yeah, he still loves him. He couldn't, he couldn't fight off Luffy and Marine forward. And now we're probably gonna see a lot more Garp after, uh, now that we got the rocks being expanded on. Yeah, so, or, 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 or going back into Wano, yeah, I gotta stop. <laughs> yeah, so what's our next episode gonna be about, Jacob? Uh, I'm excited for this one, personally. Uh, we are gonna start watching the One Piece Shonen movies in chronological order. So we're gonna go back to, what, like the 90s when the first movie came out? Where, if I recall, because I remember seeing um, a poster of Two, it. 2000 for the first one. Oh, 2000? Okay. Um... I think they're still in the East of Blue for that first movie, so we're gonna. Ha I'm gonna have to recenter my yeah, mind. If I'm around. not mistaken, because uh, full disclosure, I haven't seen these either. Actually, I've been just kind of waiting on them and saving them, and I, mm -hmm. I don't even think Sanji's in the first one. That's really early then. <laughs> That's really early. So yeah, the plan is we're gonna watch the movies in chronological order. Each episode will be dedicated to one movie. Talk about what we liked and disliked. I personally love the fuck out of movies. I'm also one of the weird ones that love uh, shonen movies. 
or at least I'm excited to watch them because I'm again one of the weirdos that enjoy filler content if it's fun and like if it's aware like right like, oh it's not canon it's fine just have some fun with it fuck it you got some budget goes crazy with your animation show uh just make sure the characters are still them right do not fray too far from how they should act and that's fine so I'm personally really excited to check out these movies all right so that's gonna be that uh, if they want to talk to you about anything One Piece related, actually, except for, I guess, the movies, which is, would not <laughs> have been really like a spoiler. Where could they find you, Jacob? Uh, please share with me your dankest One Piece memes. I found a like a one or two Twitter accounts. I just literally just talk about One Piece memes where I'm caught up. I can get it now. I can be like Captain America and go, I get that reference. So, but if you guys got some great shit theories of your own. Anything, again, just as long as it's not related to the movies, you can find me at Jacob Miranda on Twitter. That is J-A-C-O-B-M-E-R-E-N-D-A. Again, your dinkest memes. Don't let Justin be the only one sharing memes. He shared quite a bit, and they're quite funny, but I think you guys can do a little better. I'm just giving you the greatest hits. I'm, I'm doling them out slowly. <laughs> a slow burn, a slow burn, just like One Piece. <laughs> Where can they exactly. find you, Justin, if they had any questions? About yeah, and if you want to, if you want to catch the the slow drip of meme train, catch me at Twitter uh, <laughs> at Jitsu J I T S Z U on for all your One Piece content needs. Oh, and if you contact me trying to explain why Carrot should be the next Straw Hat and not Yamato, I'm fucking blocking you. Yeah, please, please do, <laughs> Carrot fans. It's time to send him messages explaining why he's wrong. If, if, if you believe <laughs> okay. Yamato and Carrot, I'll accept that because Yamato is included. But if you're saying. Like, anyone and not Yamato, like, get the fuck out of here, dude. You're mental. I'm sorry. <laughs> but yeah, I right, think thank that, you guys uh, for tuning in. We'll catch yeah, you next enough. week when we discuss One Piece of the movie, the first One Piece movie. Probably going to be a shorter episode, but we'll have a fun time. So, hope you guys don't miss it. Bye-bye. <laughs>